it's really cool to see so many people joining right away. Uh, so it's pretty good. But let's give it another maybe like one minute, 30 seconds for more people to join before we will proceed. Um, yeah, but I guess in the meantime, I'll be uh, just, you know, remind everyone for those people who are new here and for people who have probably been around before uh, what the structure of the space is and what we are planning uh, kind of to talk about today. So typically we, um, kind of this space is we, we usually talk about, you know, different companies and how they hire, how they fire, how they, what's their, you know, working culture. Uh, and then we proceed with the Q&A, but uh, today we'll try something different. Today we will focus uh, specifically on uh, like a one specific role, uh, which is a technical uh, writing in crypto and Web3. Uh, and we'll talk about, um, you know, just probably writing in general as well. And as well as about what Ake is working on and about the chain stack, which is the company he's at. And uh, I think that part will be about 40 minutes or so, uh, depending how, uh, you know, how... Uh, uh, excited we get about that, that and about the conversation. And then after the 40 minutes or so, we're going to have another uh, 30 minutes uh, Q&A session uh, where we will uh, give the microphone to everyone in the room. And, uh, you know, make sure to, if you, if you have some questions or interesting ideas while I'm uh, asking Ake different questions, please write them down. Please don't forget your questions. You will have an opportunity to ask them uh, towards the end during the Q&A session. And uh, yeah, and you know, another reminder that this space has been recorded and you'll be able to listen to it in our, you know, it's sort of like a podcast feed, so to say. It's called Working Crypto and you can find it on pretty much any podcasting app out there. And it's, you know, literally <laughs> a recording of this crypto space, no fancy uh, production quality <laughs> as you would expect in other podcasts. But anyway, um, I think we have a quite substantial number of people. I'm actually quite, quite excited and surprised. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we let's let's just proceed. So, uh, I can maybe please a quick intro about yourself. Uh, what are you working on? Um, What's the company you're working at? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, number one, first, uh, thanks a lot, Crypto Jobs List. I think what you're doing is very very exciting. I think it's uh, you're actually contributing to Web three space, which have you know quite a bit of shortage of talent and a lot of misconceptions in there and doing this, you know, specific topic-based uh, sort of thing on, uh, you know, letting people know from the inside on how various uh, various positions work and uh, technical writing specifically in there, you're contributing directly to Web3 space in a positive manner, which I, I'm personally super excited. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks a lot again. Uh, my Well, uh, my name is uh, Ake, that's what people call me uh, in the blockchain space, and that's what everybody calls me in the company. The uh, I, my experience is I've been doing the technical communication, knowledge management, and technical writing specifically for the past sixteen years. Uh, all of those sixteen years, I've been doing that in the uh, in the software space, which started as you know sixteen years ago uh, as proprietary uh, proprietary software, the name moved on into open source software. And then uh, open source and blockchain, uh, specifically the three different spaces, the three different transitions that we're going to talk about today. And currently, I'm with Chainstack. Uh, I believe my official <laughs> official uh, title position is content lead currently. Uh, but uh, I'm leading the content team, and our content team is has three major 
uh, roles in the team. One is the technical writer role, the other one is the technical copywriter role, and the third one is the developer advocate role. All three roles are kind of symbiotic, so uh, and they are, you know, I believe, I believe doing, doing what I did, Chance Tech qualifies me to speak about technical writing specifically uh, in Web3. Chance Tech itself, Chance Tech itself is a great company. What we do is uh, we provide blockchain nodes to the projects that build decentralized applications or blockchain services uh, and uh, to, to end users as well who need access to uh, stable, fault-tolerant, uh, load-balanced access to a blockchain network, to a public blockchain network, although we do have enterprise blockchains as well. Uh, uh, and yeah, this is, uh, and uh, at Chainstack, uh, again, for these three major roles, we have a number of assets that my team is responsible for, which is uh, blockchain-related how-tos and tutorials, highly technical, kind of majorly from our developer advocates. Then we have our product and platform documentation, which is a mix of software as a service uh, type of experience and documentation, and the value-added uh, blockchain-specific, very specific related to blockchain, how to do tutorials and how to do various stuff with the blockchain nodes that we provide. Uh, and we are also all doing all the stuff that's in between, which is related to marketing materials, uh, specifically for writing, like landing pages, uh, customer service, and all this stuff. So multi-faceted sort of experience all resulted in an end product, which is written text in Web3, which is, I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess like... Um... What I'm, what I'm, what, like, you know, I'm not an expert in writing. Like my background is mostly engineering, and I, you know, <laughs> I write code for machines rather than writing. Uh, you know, I rather people who write code for other humans to read, or what I meant there is, uh, you know, writing text for people to read. Uh, unsuccessful pun there, uh, but that's a good one. I think common misconception is that everyone thinks that you know they can write, and I think one of the things that I'm seeing and what you have seen before is that. A lot of people apply to technical writer positions, uh, thinking that they can be one or they have the required skills. But uh, apparently, it's not so easy. Or it's not that simple. Uh, what, what's the main difference between like technical writer and like just general writer? What are those additional skills that are necessary? It's yeah. It really is not. That's a very, very, very good question. Perfect way to start. I think this conversation. So, in the Web three space. Specifically, I think is one of the biggest as, as the new industry is one of the biggest offenders uh, in this in this kind of misconception that if you can write, you can become a technical writer or even technical copywriter or anything. So the number one thing is what people mostly do when they write, or you know, general writers or they produce any any you know strings of words, they are mainly trying to convey a message to the to the other. You know, to the audience, to the other person they are talking to, and they are kind of self-indulgent in that. In that, uh, they, their main idea is to convey their message to in any way they can. In you know how they learn in school, but in the technical writing specifically, in technical communication and even technical copywriting, the idea is uh, sort of very very different. Uh, and it's called the. It can be encapsulated is in. Uh, the sentence that says and that we repeat often is that uh, easy reading is hard writing. So whenever you're sending a message, whenever you're starting... Lol. 
yeah. Whenever you send in a message or an email or, you know, you're, uh, you, most people, they, me including, me including, I wouldn't think too much about the, the, the person on the other end, as in I would try to, you know, in general, speak English if the person speaks English. Uh, but on top of that, uh, I wouldn't spend too much uh, to try and make my message very, very sharp. So in technical writing, this is one of the key things is that you're trying to convey you care about the end user, the reader, the person who is consuming your information the most. And <clears throat> you're trying to save their time, meaning that uh, as a technical writer, which again is very different from the technical copywriter, for example, is you're trying to be very succinct and uh, you're trying to save their time to get the information that they need to them the fastest and in the simplest way, which is kind of you need to find the balance because the information that they come to you for, especially in software, is not the you know the, the easiest thing to consume. Uh, and they do not come to you to to for your stories, for example. They come to you in the time of need when something they need to learn something that like a lot of the time they really wish they knew that they have had already learned that, but now that they need to learn that, it's not the most pleasant experience. Uh, mo mo most of the time, even though it's fun, it's educational. So you need to care about that. Uh, and to do that, it's very, very similar to uh, writing the code, even though it's not obviously the same thing, but it's you have your own patterns that you have to always use in the right uh, uh, simple short sentences. You need to be not self-indulgent at all. Uh, and uh, you need to have very, very deep uh, as deep as possible understanding of what you're writing about or what you're producing, the content that you're producing, because there is always some, some loss of information <clears throat> during this type of communication. And because you're trying to be, again, very economic in your words for the sake of the end user, for the sake of the audience, you're, you're trying to, uh, you know, you're, you're, you basically care about, care about the audience the most and you're not, really really trying to entertain them i mean uh, uh, so the, the this sort of thing and <clears throat> you need to uh if you don't have an understanding of the concept of the specific thing that you're doing you won't be you won't be able to convey the message successfully the specific instructions that the people need uh, and this is uh and because even if you do if you do have the understanding, you there will still be again some loss of information in there. So, uh, me being pretty wordy here, but this okay. is yeah, the, the, this is the, this is the very the, the the basic difference in you know in writing and in doing technical writing. So, so what, one of the questions that I that I probably should have asked even earlier, like for 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 uninitiated uh, people like myself, and maybe for some other people who are already maybe writers and they're considering kind of jumping into technical writing or wanting to learn more about it, where specifically, like as a user, right? First of all, who's the, who's the audience? Is that the developers who are reading uh, what technical technical writers write? 
or is that some other audience? Well, it really depends. For chain stack, we are mostly targeting developers who mm -hmm. are our main, you know, our main users. But uh, if you're doing, for example, uh, the but we also have a mix. Uh, we also have some people who are end users. And if you take, for example, a popular project like MetaMask, they would also have different two different types of audience. One is uh, developers, for example, how to integrate MetaMask in your application to make sure it connects and retrieve information and all of that. And the other type would be end users who want to use MetaMask or who want to use to understand the, the architecture of MetaMask as a Web3 sort of application. So there are different uh, different types of users, but in general, uh, developers are anything, I think anything you do with developers as a target audience in, you know, be it Web3 or Web2 or anything is the most uh, challenging and at the same time satisfying uh, thing to do. As in, uh, if, you're, if you're writing for developers, you would be able to uh, prepare your content for end users and be much easier than, than it would be for developers. Uh, but yeah, so target audience depends on the product. It changes like we have uh, developers and you know we do some stuff for, for end users as well, uh, but mostly developers. Awesome. And, and uh, I think like another question, like, I mean, again, from a <laughs> dev perspective, right. uh, like my, my current understanding is the majority of the kind of docs are considered technical writing, right? Like, is there yes. any other, um, so to say, like mediums or any other places uh, where technical writers uh, end up publishing their work, right? Is, is it is it only the you know, those, um, what's, the, what's the service? Git, uh, not GitHub, but there was Gitbook, another one. Gitbook. Yeah, Gitbook, exactly. Well, uh, you know, Gitbook is probably like the the most, uh, the, the canonical example of technical writing, I suppose, right? Correct. Is there any other places where uh, you would expect to publish the work or where the work of a technical writer uh, yeah. is going to be used? You, mm -hmm. you, as a developer, you would probably know, read the docs as well. Uh, uh, started in open source and now it, it is pretty popular in uh, in the blockchain space. I think Solidity, Web3.js, Web3.python, all those live on read the docs. <clears throat> and Gitbook, Gitbook is very popular. And I think Gitbook is one of the examples of uh, that all those Web3 projects the and the shortage of talent in Web3 is... Uh, a lot of people are <clears throat> uh, producing instructions for all those projects are not originally technical writers. Uh, and to, to give you an idea about that, uh, if this space was started uh, by, the, by, by the technical writers who, you know, if they were early in the space, the space uh, in the form of instructions would have been very, very different. For, for one, it would not probably use Markdown, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it would probably be using restructured text, but, but that's just uh, just a minor comment. But, and, Why not Markdown, by the way? Well, the, it's a different, it's, it's much easier to, to, to understand, and to, but it's less versatile. Type, mm -hmm. type of uh, code, 
or syntax can we call it syntax mm -hmm. i believe uh but uh but you know but but markdown is great as well uh, because you know everybody's using markdown and all the docs uh, everything in web3 did it, all, all of that was started and is still maintained to some extent by the developers themselves so and markdown is easy and developers understandably so do not have the time or wish to to learn something that is different <clears throat> and they're they're just basically taking the most uh, the easiest p uh, path that makes sense to, to, to document and produce the documentation. But, uh, uh, and that's why everybody's using Gitbook. Probably some project somewhere at some point started Gitbook with Markdown and they are just pumping information in there without thinking too much. Uh, and I mean, it's great that people are sharing the information that the people are preparing the instructions and <clears throat> writing and all of that too. But, there is no, most of the time, there is no consideration for some of the <clears throat> core technical writing things like uh, information architecture, reusable content. How do you maintain the, the, the instructions up to date? How do, how do you keep all of the stuff? Do you care about the reader or do you have the expertise to <clears throat> produce the content in a way that the reader, the consumer, the end user will find it uh, easy to consume your your piece, or are you just writing the instructions to you know without any consideration for any of that or the consistency, and basically putting it out there, which I think is is fine as long as you're doing something is fine. But in general, the industry needs to be moving in the direction of uh, serious uh, you know technical writing uh, expertly, uh, which is. <clears throat> A big part of contributing to the general blockchain adoption, Web3 adoption. People need to understand what's going on, and they need to uh, be able to understand it in by consuming the information that is architected in an easy-to-consume way. So, mm -hmm. uh, outside of Markdown, what's your personal preference, or what would you suggest the whole industry to adopt instead? Well, uh, uh, everybody should be using Markdown. Number one, <laughs> start, okay, should be using Markdown simply because uh, it does not create an obstacle. Uh, you know, everybody uh, everybody's using GitHub and GitHub is using Markdown and uh, using Markdown does not create an obstacle to contributing the the information from everybody who understands how to do that, which is, again, is everybody. But uh, personally, I would, I, would, I would like to use uh, restructured te te uh, text, but it's probably not really relevant, so... Restructured, restructured text, RST, right? RST, yes, RST. The mm -hmm. I think it was native to read the docs originally, the text, and it was kind of vastly started uh, used vastly relatively in the open source space, but then it died down as everybody uh, moved to Markdown. So it's just a matter of personal preference. Uh, probably not worth to to. Uh, to be, you know, to be exploring for anybody trying to to get into the space. What's <clears throat> what's more important is the information architecture, and uh, I guess I can talk a little bit uh, if you know for so if <laughs> the, there are different types of people trying to get into technical rights, and and they need to uh, understand the, the 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 two major types are. In the technical writing in Web3, the two major types are uh, the uh, the kind of Web2 proprietary software or even open source software people, and the other one is new new people. 
So I can talk a little bit about, you know, how they should be uh, doing this. Uh, yeah, yeah let, 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 let's dive, dive in. So yeah. the first category is? Uh, yeah, first category is the uh, technical writers currently in either Web2 or proprietary software, kind of the traditional software experience that has been, you know, traditional for the past maybe 20 years. And now, uh, which blockchain is changing a lot. So, uh, because I, I talk a lot to, 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 to those people and being a technical writer is, is pretty unique experience. Uh, I don't personally talk to a lot of technical writers and, uh, I, if, you know, I do not, apart from interviews or apart from some professional, you know, kind of meetups, which I don't, which I don't attend a lot, but the, <clears throat> not everybody wants to be a technical writer. That's, that's number one. But if you are already a technical writer in the Web2 proprietary software, there is, of uh, which there is, you know, quite a big group of people who are trying to transition into Web3. They do not, uh, most of them have a number of, you know, traits that they, they, that they need to, there are the number of misconceptions that they need to deal with. Number one is, uh, they are using, which is easy to fix, they are using proprietary software, closed source software to produce their technical writing, which is they are not using uh, Git. They don't know, you know, they, some of them are don't even know Markdown. They're producing some UI type of, uh, type of software where the, but they do, they do know all the basic patterns and the information architecture type. But this one is very, very easy to, to fix. The bigger problem that they have is uh, they. I'm I'm going to be going from smaller to bigger problems. So the bigger, which is kind of medium problem that they have is they don't know how to work with the community, <clears throat> and technical writing itself uh, has again, in my experience, went from proprietary software to open source software to open source plus blockchain, where you have financial incentives, three kind of different transitions. And on each of these transitions, the technical, there is a huge chunk of technical writing, writers was lost. So you move from web two to, to, from proprietary software to open source, you get like, you know, maybe 20% of uh, traditional technical writers do the, the go there. And from open source to blockchain, uh, technical writing, you, you lose, you know, another like 80% maybe of people, uh, which is why there is uh, a lot, like a big shortage of talent in, in Web3 specifically for technical writers. So now, now number two is if you're in proprietary uh, software space, you don't know how to talk to the community. And this is one of the skills that you really need to practice. You in, in, in traditionally in the companies in in proprietary software companies, uh, you get a task to work on uh, as a technical writer, and everybody basically just trusts you. They do not <clears throat> uh, your your work is final. You don't you don't somebody uh, if somebody you know proposes a piece of text, you just rewrite it and publish it. There is no work with the community. There is no real community either outside of the company and you know 
So you, you just don't know how to do that. And it's something that, you know, that you can acquire only as, you know, through experience, through direct practice. So that's the medium one. And the bigger one is the, what I call personally, and I've heard this word uh, from other technical writers as well, is uh, techno-chauvinism, which is when you work, Lol. yeah, that's a pretty funny word. I'm not sure if it means exactly, you know, if, if you look up the definition, it will probably mean something else. But the way it's used in, in some of the companies, specifically by technical writers as well, is if you are in a proprietary software company and there are developers and they have their own closed source code, they are doing their thing and they by default assume that you cannot do what they are doing, which is fair, but <clears throat> it's different when you move to open source and it's, uh, again, and when you move to bl the blockchain space, it's, it's, it's very, very different. Uh, number one is a lot of the code currently outside of the company, uh, outside of your proprietary software company is open source. Most, a lot of it is, is just, you know, MIT license basically to do whatever you want with it. Uh, so you can, you know, you can learn, you can start doing, you can, you know, create uh, Python scripts, you can use Node.js, you can do whatever, you can start experimenting with the blockchain and you don't even <coughs> uh, need to, to, to be able to start doing things as a developer or as a beginner developer with the blockchain, you don't even need uh, special access, you know, kind of uh, like, access lists or, you know, whatever tons of security that traditional companies have, you can just uh, connect, use Chainstack developer, free developer account to connect to a blockchain network and use this database and start 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 manipulating it using your own code. Something which you cannot most of the time do or something which is very difficult to do. And by default, everybody suppose, uh, is thinking you, you cannot do in the traditional proprietary software companies. So a lot of the technical writers that we are, you know, we are doing interviews with, I sometimes I send them a test task and they are just, they say, no, I can, this is a developer thing, I cannot do it. Even though to be able to do it, all you need is just to Google stuff for half an hour, find the instructions, I change the, you know, the right even instructions, change the, just copy it and run the code and it will work. <clears throat> so they are kind of the victims of the you know, techno chauvinism of, of those companies, and the 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 reality of the of the space is also if it was difficult to do twenty years ago, ten years ago, five years ago, something that was difficult to do in the blockchain space. Each day, because this space is so fast, it's, it's just speed running everything. Uh, each day that you don't do anything in the Web three space. The uh, the kind of the piece of code that are produced currently, they are becoming each day closer, and they are moving in the general direction of you, even if you're being idle. Uh, so that you know, each day each day that passes, it's it's easier for you to kind of start pretending that you're a developer. You can pretend, uh, and it's, uh, you know, you can start doing things, and it's relatively easy to do. And this is something that people need to understand. So you need to become a builder at heart, and then you should be able to leverage whatever experience you have with the technical writing, which is, you know, 
which is very, very, uh, which is a great thing to have. <clears throat> so that's the proprietary software kind of transition for existing uh, technical writers and senior technical writers into Web3. For new people trying, trying to do that is they basically need to learn these two things on the one hand. On the other hand, uh, people willing to, to, to join this space as technical writers, I would assume they are mostly already <clears throat> uh, Web3 digital native. They do not, they are not the victims of this techno chauvinism. They can, you know, they are, uh, they know, or at least they are not scared of doing, trying things. So there is sort of an advantage there for, for them. They, they can Google some of them, you know, if, if they are Web3 users, they, some of them probably have, you know, purchased bots. They know how to run like Node.js or something uh, to try and experiment. They know how to, you know, how to do stuff with either scan. <clears throat> um, and you know other Web three applications, so it's a lot easier for them to 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 explore, to venture into things they don't understand and be able to to grasp them quickly. So uh, they 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 would they would need to kind of gain the knowledge and maybe experience in architecture information, which sounds like it's you know super important thing but it's it's pretty easy to do and you can get it for practice you can read like maybe you know join a course online course and, and try doing that and start <clears throat> contributing to the projects that are out there uh which are web3 which is again each of your contribution so you you basically need to, to gain some theoretical knowledge be a builder at heart and try uh you know, apply a theory with, with the with the mindset set of helping other people understand and you know do anything in, in Web three. So uh, and be very very specific about that. Uh, I, I can talk a lot about, about all of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, let me maybe like ask yeah. a few maybe specific questions. Yeah. Like one of the thoughts uh, that that just came into my mind. You mentioned uh, you mentioned like this techno shock, right? Um, Chauvinism uh, specifically. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. might be um, another good word, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's in, I think we'll definitely need to like write a, like a, a few explanation tweets after the session. Uh, but uh, okay, one of the things that came to my mind is that, uh, and I guess that's even probably more, uh, even more technical. Uh, like you know, most libraries out there, and especially you know, like TypeScript is like dominating the development ecosystem right now. Uh, they all, uh, you know, the better libraries out there, the better SDKs. They have a very rich, uh, like GS doc, uh, GS docs, uh, right. where basically you know, uh, library that has a very well documented uh, function uh, kind of usability. I mean, par partially TypeScript itself helps with it, but partially I've seen where like people write. Uh, like paragraphs around like what what a specific function does or what can you achieve uh, something like would you say technical writers expected to work on kind of this code documentation aspect or have you seen that like rarely only uh, well that is uh, the so that's the the, the, the the difference between the uh traditional you know proprietors of our companies and the the open source contribution uh 
But both, I mean, I think both parties, the, any organization, the open source and the traditional proprietary software company, they would say that, you know, you are expected to, to, to kind of understand that. But, uh, and, and, you know, be to, to, to work in the general direction of being able to, 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 use, to use that, to, to JavaScript, TypeScript. But the, uh, the difference, I think, is, uh, is in, uh, well, yeah, you need to be able to use that. Uh, but the difference is probably in that, uh, and maybe I'm too optimistic, but in, in Web3, uh, in, in general, uh, you, you're, you are kind of expected to understand that and to be able to use that, but you also have this drive to be able to do that because the uh, you being able to, to, to use a specific library in Web3 and being able to do good quality uh, technical writing piece on that would help a lot more people than uh, I think other libraries which are more or less well documented like TypeScript. I, I believe TypeScript, mm -hmm. TypeScript is probably Facebook, right? So. Uh, TypeScript, I think it is, is Microsoft mainly released, oh, but uh, okay. I think a lot of companies uh, use it these days. Yeah. So the as in the that for me personally, that's the general the, the, the big distinction is uh, the even though the, these are open source, they are backed by huge companies, which is great, right? Mm -hmm. But and they have all these um, they they kind of play traditional experience so that they hire a technical writer, hey, you need to be able to understand this code. But <clears throat> there is already good quality materials on, on, on there. Uh, but in Web3, anything, at least currently, anything that you produce as a technical writer has the ability and very high chance of being highly, of having a very, very high impact on the, on the Web3 community in general, which is, you know, which is awesome and gives you a personal drive to be able to do that. You're not kind of hired gun in there. You're personally contributing to the adoption of Web3, which I think is great. So yeah, that's- Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Uh, like I would, uh, like, you know, have you questions around like <clears throat> what is typically you know, expected uh, of a technical writer that traditional writers might be surprised by? Like, for example, uh, are you expected to like, you know, know Git a little bit and commit to Git? Is that one of the skills that correct, are necessary? Correct, right. Mm -hmm. uh, you are, you're also expected, well, not sure if expected, but it would be very, very nice and maybe even expected to be able to contribute to other projects, uh, you know, your, your code and being able to, to just be open to, to contributing to like Go Ethereum. <laughs> Go Ethereum has a bunch of issues that, uh, you know, need the attention of technical writers and they've been open for, for some time. So, uh, and the uh, uh, not not just Git, but you should be uh, you should not be afraid. You know, you should not be afraid of going out, exploring, trying out things, and uh, the making sure that the instructions work is your job. Uh, mm -hmm. Unlike in, in in a lot of other companies where you know there is quality assurance, there is developers, there is you know blah blah blah. But you know you, you're welcome to obviously always to, uh, to 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 get the help of others, but it's your responsibility to to to, to produce something that that is working. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, 
Okay, uh, I think a, a related question to uh, having knowledge of Git and GitHub, uh, or like you know Bitbucket, whatever the company is right. using. Uh, what what would you say a technical writer is expected to be somewhat familiar with the CLI tools, common line interface? Tools? Uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. or, or do you feel it's or do you feel it's like optional where you know some someone who's new to the space can like maybe learn like within a six month or something like this, but is that optional or is it like a, like a absolute requirement? Uh, it's, uh, well, that, that's, uh, I would say that, uh, it's, if it's not a requirement, uh, it's probably it's nice a, an indicator of the person kind of being too distant from the, from what you're doing in, mm-hmm. in web three as technical writers. So, if it's not a requirement, that would probably be, a, you know, a sign of that, you know, the person is not serious about what they're doing, what their person is there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, I think like going, you know, channeling this uh, conversation in that direction. Right. Like, what's your what's your current like interview process for technical writers uh, you, for you personally and within Chainstack specifically as well? Yes, right. And yeah, that's a great question. And everybody, you know, if you guys feel like you can be a great technical writer, we are, we are hiring currently technical writers. We really want very, very good technical writers here. And the, the interview process is um, there are three three interview stages. Uh, uh, one with our, with our talent manager, the other one with me, and the other one is with our co-founder and CTO. And by the way, our co-founder is and CTO. I'm not sure if he's on this space, but he's very, very... <laughs> Very, very meticulous about technical writing. So <laughs> that's uh, kind of trying to keep the, the highest standard, standard uh, in the industry, uh, which is, you know, because the technical writing is, is part of the product. So our process is the, we, uh, well, we talked to the three, three stages. What matters to us is the experience in information architecture, which means basically a person being able to produce documentation from scratch for a product. Uh, if they don't have this experience specifically, but they were kind of involved in that, that is also fine. Uh, being highly motivated, uh, which is pertaining to, to, to everything I already you know, spoke about today, being highly motivated to join the Web3 space, because I think this opportunity is, is basically the person needs to understand that this opportunity is very, very unique. Your, 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 Getting paid to uh, to be learning Web three, to be advancing the general adoption of Web three, to the usage of it, making Web three more accessible. And you, you're you're a big part of it, and you're getting paid for that, and you're getting more and more knowledgeable. And as a result, you produce. You know, the result of your work is 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 uh, the you know user guides and everything. So the person needs to to understand that, and <clears throat> it's not. Uh, it's not again. It's not a hired gun in the traditional sense. It's a person highly motivated. So, uh, and not not be afraid to, um, you know, to run the code themselves. Uh, and uh, maybe if you have uh, experience in the software as a service platforms, that would also be helpful for us. And if you know, if you have some experience, or if you are not afraid of the challenge of producing the text copy in the user interface, which might sound easy, but it, it can be very, very challenging. Sometimes you need to spend like a full day to just understand what this feature is about. Uh, 
uh, because you know it's related to blockchain. Not be afraid of doing your own research, spending hours maybe to produce one sentence, even though you know it, it shouldn't be that slow. But sometimes you really need to you really need to research, understand, and find the best way to convey uh, very you know technical information to the end user and. Uh, you are what you're producing as a result is very very unique. So nobody nobody else has done this uh, for this kind of information specifically on the internet. And I think it's it's kind of inspiring to do, to be doing that. So yeah, and after that, uh, um, if, the, if the person has uh, all of that, and on top of that, if you can, if they have a GitHub account, <laughs> which is you know. Which is uh, for for a lot of technical writers is half the challenge. At least those transitioning uh, to to Web three uh, is it's a big plus for you. And if you have text related, uh, user guide related contributions to some of the projects, that that that's 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 great. And yeah, it's a very strong sign. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I think there's there's a bunch of questions that I that I want to ask. Some of them okay. like general, some of them specific. I think I'm gonna ask a few, and then we'll open up uh, to Q and A. But I'll also try to keep asking questions. Right. Um, I think one of the things that uh, will probably most useful here is like what are some. I think we did mention a few very you know juicy juicy points and some tips. But do do you have any like specific list of recommendation tips for someone who wants to like transition like you know one is have a github account that's a strong signal right or learn right. it if you do not know it yet uh what are some other like the specific tips yeah once you have the github account you, you go and contribute this is really the thing that you know you need to uh get some theory behind which is you know just those if you're completely unfamiliar unfamiliar with technical horizon read the you know the style guides uh, understand what style guides are. Read the the, the texts of other traditional software companies because they are doing doing this thing, you know, a lot better than Web3 currently is doing. Uh, <clears throat> so, like Google, you, you can read Google Google Cloud documentation, uh, IBM documentation, and try to understand you know the, the choices that they made there specifically. And once you, you know, you kind of have an idea. What you you will be doing as a technical writer, and uh, you know you have you have some theory behind you start applying this theory, you start contributing, restructuring to to, to all those projects, and I'm pretty sure uh, you know this this is a very rewarding experience. So <clears throat> you'll be learning by doing, and the project the the open source the the Web three projects they will. Like ninety percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, appreciate your work, and uh, they will probably merge the stuff that you're doing, and you'll have like a huge, huge plus uh, sign on your resume that you contributed to to to, to some Web three project. That that is great. So, uh, and I mean, yeah, be be a builder at heart. Be a builder at heart. Have some theory behind you, and have a GitHub account and contribute. That that is pretty much it. Uh, build your portfolio this way. Uh, and, and it's pretty easy to do as well. Yeah, I think like one of these kind of surprising things to me, at least in, in the whole space, is that like a lot of people reach out to us and to, to me as well, asking like, how can we start contributing? And 
I, I always like almost getting confused about what to ask for that because you just you just start you just go to someone else's GitHub, you look at open issues or you look at right. things that are not you know that are not up to your liking. Maybe you, like you think you can add some some value there, and um, you issue a PR request, right? Like right. pull pull request. At least that's what you do with uh, if you're a developer. Uh, so I wonder if it's if it's the same recommendation for technical writers. Exactly, you're absolutely correct. That's the number one thing that you need to be, you know, to need to start doing. And again, because this space is very, very lacking in, in technical writers, I think more, a lot of people will appreciate it. In mm-hmm. even chain stack docs, we are our docs are open source, and just just today, I think we had we merged a contribution from someone from you know kind of completely outside and fixing our docs and merging it which i think is amazing and the person even tweeted that i think he was he he you know he felt the experience was kind of rewarding to be contributing to the docs which you know mm-hmm. work it's a win-win situation for everybody and stays forever on your github account if you want to be more valuable in the job market yeah and in, in your experience Usually docs, are they like in a separate repository or are they like part of the wiki, like GitHub has a wiki feature? Uh, where should uh, technical or aspiring technical writers head to uh, primarily? Right, right. Uh, yep, yeah, correct. So uh, a lot, there are two ways to do this. Uh, again, uh, docs, they are separate repository most of the time. Uh, wikis, wikis, you know, I think everybody's trying to migrate from wikis and <clears throat> you can either, you know, go to a project you like, a very easy to, way to, is to find the, the docs or just type docs.project.com, which is, you know, 90, 80% of the time probably you'll find the docs. There is probably going to be a link to edit this on GitHub or there is going to be uh, a link just to edit this if they're using not GitHub, but some closed source like Chainlink, I think they're using Read me, but you can still contribute to that, or you can if they don't have the the uh, the the link the button, you just uh, you Google the project, uh, you find the the organization on GitHub, and again ninety percent of the time you're going to have uh, the docs uh, their docs there, and you just mm-hmm. contribute. So. Okay, cool. And I think another to make it even easier for people here, uh, usually at least with code, usually you would have like a. GitHub issue, right? Covering or requesting for a certain fix for a certain feature, right? And that's where uh, you know open source developers can contribute. Uh, do you see a lot of people or a lot of repositories creating issues for like documentations in GitHub, or is that not the case? Uh, it's a it's a mix of things. Uh, usually, the issues that you can see on the uh, there. So there are issues. There are issues in in, in documentation repositories. But they are mostly behavior ones, the ones that require like a week of work. <laughs> nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to do that. So, uh, if you are feeling like you want to completely dive into 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 an issue as a project, that that's probably where you find an issue. These are things usually get fixed on the fly, and <clears throat> so there are two ways for you to do this. You, you check out the issues, and most of them are are going to be a lot of work. And if you're feeling like doing it, which is great, uh, you 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 should do that. Or you can just you know start just read read the documentation. Sometimes it, it can be a minor thing to, to get you started, like a typo or you know a comma uh, somewhere, and you just fix it, and you know everybody will appreciate this experience as well. And you know, lo and behold, you 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 have just contributed to a Web3 open source project, which it can be you know multi-billion project, and it's great. It's great. 
Yeah, so, something to have on your uh, not just in resume, but literally in your right. GitHub, GitHub history in your GitHub profile, it will show up. It's right. hard to lie about that. Right. Uh, if your contribution was merged. Right. Right. Cool. Uh, I think I think I'll um, uh, <clears throat> let me let me just like you know ask you a few questions specifically to to maybe uh, Chainstack uh, right. specifically around like what are the what are the specific roles that you're hiring for right now? Well, like I, I already pinned a tweet about a technical writer position that is open currently, but are there any other roles that are open? And then we'll proceed to Q&A. Right, right, yeah, yeah, great question. So the the technical writers, uh, also technical copywriters, which again is a different position, you can read the description uh, in there, who will need to be producing web three explainers and <clears throat> more in the marketing type of things, but still high quality, consistent writing, which is di different from technical writers. We're also always hiring developer advocates, uh, software engineers. Uh, I think we're also hiring talent managers and uh, uh, probably support support people. Uh, and yeah, you can you can check out check out at chainstack.com uh, careers uh, the, the 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 other positions that I haven't mentioned. But we're always hiring developer relations. Yes, developer relations people uh, and yeah, sales people as well. Yeah. Uh, all and, these and positions. Head of marketing. Head of marketing. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, all, all the positions. Yeah, we need. We need. Yeah, we have a lot of people to, that we need to hire to support our growth. Yeah. Cool. Um, other. What was I about to ask? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's uh, let's do an uh, Q and A, and uh, yeah, I invite everyone here to you know just to ask access for a microphone and, uh, you know, do a quick introduction, uh, preferably without shilling too much your project. In the past, we had like some aggressive shilling, but yeah, do a quick introduction about yourself uh, and ask your question uh, to Ake about, you know, technical writing, about writing, about Chainlink, uh, sorry, not Chainlink, <laughs> Chainstack, about Chainlink maybe too. Uh, but again, do not confuse the, the two companies, they are different. Um, uh, equally big, I suppose. <laughs> Getting there, um, yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, while I'm waiting for people to, uh, you know, ask for microphone access, um, I'll, I'll continue asking questions as well. Um, so I think one one of the questions that that I had, and I think we wanted to cover it, is so what is that difference between a technical writer and technical copywriter? Right. So uh, yeah, good question. So the technical writer. Uh, there's a lot of differences, but the major ones would be the technical writer is there for the end user in the time of need. So the when, when the person is, wants to to do something and needs to find the, the shortcut, the, the shortest way possible to, to do something, and you care about the end user time, you know, the, the, the their level of knowledge about all of that stuff. The technical copywriters are kind of, there are two things to it. They, do not need to know as much or maybe even at all about information architecture, you know, text maintainability, maintainability uh, and, uh, you know, single source and, and all that stuff. But they need more to be able to do two things. One is tell stories, more engaging, you know, more kind of, uh, they are not in their most, most, like a lot of the time, they are not there for the end user when the end user is in need, when they need something. They are there to educate people, 
maybe entertain a little to, to put a story around something which is which can be highly technical as well uh, but they are to explain things and uh, in an engaging way which uh, sounds like a lot of people think they know how to do but it's an art of itself as well and there is a lot of things that you need to be also consistent about that you need to be produ producing clean understandable prose you need as well not to be self-indulgent in that thinking hey you're producing great text you need to think about the reader a lot but uh th there is more uh there's more entertaining uh side of things to to, to the technical copywriter mm -hmm. where does the work of a technical copywriter appear right so, so like is it on landing pages is it in the user interface is it in documentation some other places right for so Different companies have, you know, different uh, uh, different publication channels, sort of thing for the technical copywriters. But mostly, you're right. You're correct. So, landing pages, blog posts, doing uh, explainers, for example, Web three explainers. Uh, right now, we're doing uh, our uh, we're doing the Web three explainer, which will need the attention of a technical copywriter. Just to give you an example of what's L one, L two. Uh, service chains and uh, that sort of thing. Kind of complex topics that need to be explained in with an interface inside to the end user. So blog posts, uh, landing pages, emails, um, probably not user interface because you, you're not telling a <laughs> story in the user interface. Uh, uh, you know, and more in some, you know, some, some uh, other media like maybe you know doing stuff for videos and uh you know th that sort of thing yeah mm -hmm. cool 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 okay we have a first uh, <clears throat> few people to ask questions which is super exciting finally uh first up is uh la nft or ia nft uh please uh, unmute yourself and uh, make a quick introduction of yourself and ask your question please Hi, 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 Roman. Thank you. Um, my name is okay, like NFT from La Love, actually. So I am a content writer for a technical product. So um, sometimes I have to write um, copies that are that are explaining like technical stuff, and I really get. Um, at some point, I get confused because I don't have enough information, right? So I have to go back to the developers or the engineers to try to understand. But like, it's it's always a tedious process, and they are always busy, you know. And it's not always uh, it's not always easy, right? So I'm asking: Is there like a system or a way, or what would you advise, you know, somebody who is a copywriter? I would say a technical copywriter, right? to understand a technical product, to be able to write good copies. Right, right. Yeah, thank you for the question. Great question. That, 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 that situation happens very, very often. The number one thing would be is, are you a part of a proprietary software company or are you a part of an open source company producing this piece of content? Because if you're part of the proprietary software company, the only way you can get the information uh, technical information is probably from a developer, right? <clears throat> so there is no way around that. 
and if you're part of open source, you can do your own research. You can learn by doing. You can do, do the, try and do all that stuff yourself to understand how it works and then produce it and send it to review for review. So the problem with the... <clears throat> Uh, with the proprietary software is, and I understand that, uh, I think the, the data, the, the usual data for is for a developer, it takes them around 15 minutes to, to kind of switch from what they are doing from writing code or, you know, the thing that they are doing to be able to answer a question. And then they, they, it takes them another 15 minutes to kind of get back into the groove of the work that they are doing to, to focus. So that's like, uh, a simple question can be 30 minutes lost, right, for a developer, uh, uh, which which isn't great. So uh, there are no perfect solutions to that. Uh, ideally, you just set up set up sessions uh, uh, and prepare all your questions in advance. You, you set up knowledge sharing sessions. You prepare the culture. You kind of you kind of be the the advocate, the evangelist of the importance of information sharing within the company, and you work around that. You, you prepare a meeting uh, in advance so that the developer knows, hey, they will need to talk to you. Or you kind of send gentle reminders to them, or you, you kind of produce what you know and ask them to command. So again, no, there are no perfect solutions. It's just that you need to implement the knowledge sharing the, the the understanding of the importance of knowledge sharing and that's uh, that's a lot of, you know saving a lot of costs within the company it's making everybody uh, <clears throat> more effective uh, and then work around that not no easy solutions hope that was a good answer make uh, line of tea is that uh, any follow up questions before we pass the mic to other participants. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I've been trying to do that. It's just that it's not really easy. It's, and then I not. wanted to also ask, uh, where do you draw the line? So recently, I was supposed to write a a. Will I say a tech? It was supposed to be on the future. For instance, we are accepting seg, uh, segwit um, addresses. That's Bitcoin segwit addresses, right? Right. I was. I'm. I normally I write articles as well. So I'm supposed to write something about SegWit and then write how they can use it on our platform, right? Where blockchain um, infrastructure. So I mean, it was it was not very easy navigating through it because okay, I needed to go to the product manager. Okay, how do you use this? How on our on our platform and ah. Uh, and I'm like, okay, am I really in the best position to do this? Or, like, is there a way to get documentations, right, on how this thing goes or how this process is so I can write a user-facing article, you know, things like that. That's, like, where my confusion is. I mean, it's a startup, right? We don't right. have enough staff, so you have to do everything and every, anything. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. So yeah, and 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 understand what you're saying. It's a uh, it's a pretty much a daily experience for uh, all technical writers and you know technical copywriters as well. The the thing to do here is is very easy. You just uh, start with the map with the structure of what you need to cover, and you go in the structure as far as you you know possibly can, put as much effort as you can into. For example, do you need to, uh, 
to write to prepare a short intro into what SegWit is, right? Because going to your, uh, part of your uh, integration on your platform, can you do? Can you obtain this information uh, freely on you know on the on the internet? Uh, do you know where to go? If you can do that, then you move to the next piece. Yeah, how do you integrate there? Is there any you know internal wiki, internal kind of thing? Is there a demo that, that you can try? So you push, you create a structure, and you push through the structure as much as possible, and you fill out as much information as possible. Then when you go somewhere <clears throat> uh, to, to request for the extra information, it will be pretty obvious that you put a lot of thought into it, that you put a lot of uh, effort into it. Uh, and now you're, you know, you're kind of trying to, to, to request some people to fill in the, the, the blanks in there, which will be you know, easier for everybody involved and it will be easy communication. So yeah, basically do as much as you can on your own. The research. One second, we are like having some technical issues with some spammers. Uh, anyway, thanks so much, uh, LionFT, for the for the uh, question. Um, We're gonna move up to the next. Uh, you know, person who requested the mic access, uh, Shuk. Uh, please unmute yourself and. Uh, and yeah. uh, ask your question. Quick introduction, please, and ask your question. Hello, hello. So yeah, I am Shub. I am from India. I am 20 years old, and I just incepted the Web3 space. I used to be a bounty hunter for the better half of 2022, and currently I am employed <coughs> with Owned Doge and doing content writing for them. Uh, my question for you is that uh, while doing bounty hunting, a lot of bounties appeared, you know, about technical writings and all. So my approach to those writing stuff was really like I looked into the white papers of the bounties which are hosted and the platforms which hosted the bounties. And I go, I went around them and I, you know, did some writings. But you know how it is in bounty hunting. So, you know, if you do not stand out, then you do not get the bounties. So, you know, are there any tips for you to, you know, uh, use a different approach and, you know, stand out from the different uh, submissions <laughs> which are there in technical writing per se? Uh Number one, congrats to you know to getting into Web three and being twenty. I think you have a great future uh, ahead of you. And uh, yeah, congrats. So number two is again there are no easy solution to stand out. Uh, and you know some 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 of the people on our team and my team on the content team they, they will tell you the same thing. So you need to practice. You just need to practice. You need to have the background, and you can only get the background by uh, you know you cannot. Uh, uh, do a thing that you have never done or before, or you have you've done a few times without the background of like, for example, what you know information architecture is, how to, how to structure uh, information, uh, and to go to produce it and stand out. If there are other people who have the background, you really need to put uh, the work and the you know try to gain as much knowledge as you can, which again. Having the internet, you know, accessible to everybody today, which is super easy, <clears throat> and then uh, practice and move from there, and then you, you know, you will always, always, always be able to stand out because, again, uh, big shortage of uh, experienced or you know any sort of technical writing in this space. So, hope that answers it. Yeah, thank you. It does answer my questions, and I really thank Crypto Jobs List and 
Ake and you know Ash for you know inviting me to this space. It has been an amazing experience, and I learned a lot from this. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for joining and asking the questions. Well, thank you so much. Uh, all right. Next up, Zero uh, XD. Uh, please unmute yourself. Quick intro and a question. Uh, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, thanks for the space, man. Um, I'm D. Actually, currently, current um, a technical writer in Web Two, and um, I've been kind of trying to lean towards Web Three, like um, technical writing as well. Uh, but I've been having like, um, like I actually didn't know how to properly transit from tra- from Web Two to Web Three, um, because one of the things that I found like in Web Two is like, um, like actually initially I was a software writer, then I moved to tra- technical writing, and so it was it was easier easier for me to like you know attend interviews and you know talk talk to developers in Web Two, but right now I'm kind of a bit concerned because I I have no should I say development knowledge in Web three? So I don't know if that's like a factor in getting technical writing jobs in Web three, or if that's going to affect me in any way. Right. Or what are your thoughts on that? If I may ask. Uh, yeah, great question. Uh, can I ask you where where you are located? I'm currently in Shanghai. In Shanghai. Okay. Wow. Yeah. In Shanghai. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. The you're correct in in in, uh, in all of your assumptions, and again, congrats to, on thinking on you know how to transition to Web three because there is a very very clear path uh, that we described. So, number one is your what you, you you basically said what we were talking about is you think you're you're you don't have the development experience, but the reality is that Web three is moving t- towards you the development experience of Web3 and blockchain is moving towards you, whether you like it or not. And, you know, when you decide to try your hand out, you'll very, very quickly learn that you have something that you'll be able to do something fairly easily that you can put in your resume and which will qualify as some sort of development experience for a technical writer. Just don't be afraid of it. The, the blockchain, the all, the all the stuff in the blockchain that you can do like on the beginner level, is a, I promise you, is a lot easier than than it is in Web two. Simply for the reasons because it's all open source, it's all open. There is a lot of tutorials and everything. So, <clears throat> not not all of them are great, but you know, it's a wealth of uh, information that you just need to sift through and do. That's why, just don't be afraid. Be a, be a builder in heart. And if you start today in a week, you 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 might you may already have a GitHub account with the projects. So. The, I'm not sure how it works in Shanghai, but you know, ideally on your CV, it would be nice to have a GitHub account and you contribute to, to, to some of the open source, to, you know, open source blockchain projects. And <clears throat> since you are a web two technical writer, if you go, you know, if you look around and you see all the documentation in Web3, most of that you will be appalled at, you know, at the state of it. And it will be very, very easy for you to 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 rise above, you know, the rest with your experience, and just do a chapter, do 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 a guide, just restructure what's in there, and that will be already like a lot, a huge plus sign on on your resume. It's 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 not complicated. It's it's relatively easy if you know what to do. And you know, as a technical writer, web two, you just need to make this step, and it will be very easy. I, I appreciate your, your your response. Um, 
Yeah, like uh, I've actually just been thinking of an angle, but um, your answer is actually, you know, really, really spot on and it has given me a lot to work on. And another thing I was kind of, um, should I say, thinking about before was, you know, sometimes like in Web2, they ask for your, like you said, like your past works or, you know, contributions you've made. And that actually has been keeping me back, like from entering the Web3. But your mm-hmm. answers actually has actually given pointed me like in the right direction. That's given me some somewhere to start. So I will definitely look into that. I really appreciate your yeah. answer. Come join Web3. It's a great, it's a great place to be. You will never look back. I can't wait. I can't wait. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. There is a there is a tweet with the uh, Chainstacks uh, job uh, description and the job application link uh, pinned in the uh, in the space. So zero XD, go check it out. Maybe it's something uh, up your alley, something that might be interesting to you. Or DM Ake directly, I suppose. Okay, um, I will for uh, sure. I appreciate that. I will for sure. Uh, but right now, like I'm trying to I'm trying to look for like a part time job because I have a full time job right now, and I actually don't know. I don't like starting something like I'm not 100% like confident in. So like I'm trying to like, you know, like do open um, freelance and, you know, just to get, like you said, um, build the CV and improve my, you know, contributions in GitHub. Yeah. We don't don't have uh, the, you know, because we are growing really fast, we don't have part-time job openings, but we have something that might scare you, but I promise you, you should not be scared. we just last week we launched uh, something that's called Community Developer Hub. It's basically uh, you produce a tutorial. Uh, we, our developer advocates and our technical writers and technical copywriters, work with you to publish your uh, you know, tutorial related to Web3 and Chainstack in the blog post. And then you get published. That will be a huge plus again for your resume to, to get under your name, published at Chainstack. And you get paid for that. So uh, that's something you might want to explore. And, you know, everybody on this call, if you guys want to explore that, I, I suggest that you should do. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a great way to, to get some experience, professional experience, money, and beef up your resume. There is literally zero downside to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would definitely look into that. I'll give you guys a follow right now. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you, too. Uh, Thanks for your time as well, and thanks for the space. I will drop down to the listeners right now. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much uh, for the questions, UXD. Uh, please make sure to follow Ake. He definitely needs more followers. And, you know, if you're at it, you know, do make sure to follow Crypto Jobs List and Chainstack and myself, maybe. Uh, one, one quick <laughs> reminder. <laughs> one quick reminder is that uh, Twitter does have a limit on number of speakers that can be active at the same time. So uh, I'll have to be removing people who've been, uh, you know, who asked the question. So please don't be too offended. And we will just proceed to uh, those uh, people people who raise their, you know, their hand again. Uh, I think, I hope I don't forget the order. Uh, I think it's uh, Tun Kumi, Tun, uh, the guy with the, like, uh, I think uh, like a monkey, uh, Microsoft a dev student. Please unmute yourself uh, and uh, ask a question. Uh, intro. Hello. Um, my name is Tokumi, or to just make it easier, you can just call me TK. That works too. Um, so uh, my question is uh, for Aik. Uh, my question is, so at the beginning of the year, um, uh, I have actually been in the crypto space, like trading and, uh, you know, blockchain stuff for quite a while. 
So uh, at the beginning of the year, when uh, oh, sometime last year actually, when Web three started like gaining more traction, you know, it was everywhere, things like that. So I started ranting more about it because I do that a lot. I started ranting more about it on my uh, WhatsApp status, sometimes on my Twitter too. So a friend of mine uh, was like, "Why don't I instead of like just randomly ranting? Why don't I just like start writing about it?" You know. And uh, to some extent, I have some like developer experience. You know, I know how to like read documentations, GitHub. I know how to like, um, you know, do basic HTML CSS stuff. Just basic, just basic, uh, basic uh, developer stuff. So I started like sometime in March. I started writing on Web three. Uh, I wrote a tutorial on how to add the uh, Solana's POS system into your website. I talked about um, the um, Solana ecosystem because I was like following Solana pretty much then at that time. I even uh, had one uh, contribution, although it was unofficial. To um, I don't know if you know Stoppable Domains. Uh, they had this issue with their login feature, so I tried to like I was going to write an article on it. But then they didn't have that library on MPSG, MPMJS, so I had to like tell someone, like reach out to someone on Twitter that, oh, your library isn't working this and that, can they fix it? Because I wanted to. So, yeah. So, my question mainly is uh, from just what I have said so far, does this like qualify me as like, quote unquote, a technical writer? And um, does it qualify me as a technical writer? And would you encourage me to like shoot my shots for like jobs? And, uh, yeah, because I actually I'm just like writing about it. Like I read documentations. I even um sort of contributed to um Polygon Zone because it had like some although it was just more of a typo. But yeah, so that that's mainly my question. Would you like advise me to like apply for jobs and like see where it takes me and uh what do you think? Does that does that qualify me? Does that qualify me to be like a technical writer? So yeah, thank right. you. Yeah, thank you, Jacob, for the question. Uh great question. So uh, I'll be completely straightforward and honest with you. As a technical writer for ChainStack, that probably does not qualify you because you need experience specifically in technical writing, information architecture, that sort of thing. Uh, just you know, being able to write is probably not enough for us. But you go ahead and shoot, shoot, shoot your resume because we have technical copywriter positions open. So that might qualify you as a technical copywriter and your experience that you described it is, is pretty decent, <clears throat> uh, which is great and you're technical enough. Uh, and uh, yeah, but then again, uh, so for other companies that might qualify you as a technical writer, uh, because again, there is shortage of talent and uh, a lot of people looking more beginner level uh, technical writers who, uh, you know, who uh, to produce, to start producing their documentation and kind of learn on the fly. We need a little bit more medium senior people uh, for the technical writer position specifically. But I, I think what you're doing is great. And, you know, the, the journey that you embarked on and the direction you're moving uh, in is <clears throat> to, if you're, if you're, you might you might end up being a great technical copywriter, uh, you know, uh, more maybe maybe around more around stories, uh, less dry text. But if you're looking to, to become uh, more of a technical writer, then you need to, to start gaining more technical writing experience. Yeah. All right. 
I, I didn't catch the last part. You said if I'm looking to become more of a technical writer, I need to uh, gain what exactly? I didn't catch. Well, let me just ask this. So how do I like, um, would I say transition or like climb into being more of a like technical writer? Because from time to time, I like build stuff. Like I just like have fun, try play around with code. So what would I need to like move up a little bit into the like technical writing space in general, not just like technical writing? Yeah, the, in, for technical writing, I suggest that you something very easy. Uh, just go and find an online course, for example, that teaches specifically technical writing, and you, you go through this course, and you will. Uh, it will not. It will probably not make anyone a technical writer, but it will expose kind of the things that the the that you uh, in your profession need to learn in the direction that you need to move. How to you know how to produce a sentence, where to put a comma in a sentence specifically for the ease of reading for the user, uh, how to structure your you know paragraphs, how to structure the sections in, in the user guide, all of that all of that stuff. Uh, it relatively decent any online course that you can see you know rated relatively highly will teach you that they're usually cheap uh, and that will move you in the general direction of technical writing. And from there, you need to explore each of these topics uh, specifically by yourself and practice them. And then, then, then yeah, and then you, you, you'll become a technical writer. Wow, thank you very, very much. That was, that was actually very informative and I really appreciate that. That, that. that set some tone for me on like a bit of degree on like what direction I know to go. And I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate the question as well. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for the question, TK. Uh, next up is, I believe, uh, either Destiny or Lacro. Uh, I have a feeling Lacro was first to ask to, to get on the stage. So please uh, unmute yourself and ask your question. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm not in particularly looking to become a technical writer myself. I already work in Web3, but uh, a question that came to mind to, to kind of that might be useful for people who are looking to, to do so would be um, would most likely be kind of um, if they don't have any experience in the in the, the kind of space with that um, they have the knowledge but they haven't got any experience they can put on their resume would you recommend kind of working for, for free temporarily to kind of build up that experience what are your kind of thoughts on that uh, narrative well the question is it's a great question uh, so but the uh since you since you're working web3 uh the what what's i mean what's working for free it, it, you know in that sense does that mean you joining as an like an intern a free you know remotely some company and doing the tasks that they have or do you you know just take your initiative and go around and start start contributing to to you know to different repositories and making sure your code is merged and then that's how you gain the experience and you're not tied to to one company uh, I don't know I think uh, if you want if you I'm not sure what the you know what the position on the on working for free should be but I think even interns get paid uh, on the one hand if you're getting you know yourself limited to one company for free or if you just venture out in the uh, open source blockchain space just on github where there is a lot of issues that need attention uh, and you just do your stuff in there and gets logged publicly for you know for you to 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 beef up your resume i i mean 
I would personally go for the for for the one to to go uh, to go to to venture out on, on GitHub and just you know start contributing to projects that you like that you want to learn more about and yeah instead of uh, going to work for free within with the company. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah, if you want to join some some other companies as an intern and if they are paying you, then of course maybe that is an option depending on how much money you want. But that would be my yeah. personal take. Yeah. yeah, that's a great answer as well. It's definitely a, a hard question too. It's kind of um I suppose it depends on a lot of factors as right. well outside. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, great question. I love it. Thank you. Uh thanks, Selecra, for the question. Uh, next up, we have uh, Destiny. Please unmute yourself. And quick intro. Don't forget that. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you for the opportunity to come on here and ask my question. My name is Destiny. I'm a technical writer for, like, right here, I work mostly on the business side of things, and I do mostly documentation. And I work in a blockchain firm that tries to um, um, educate developers and train them in blockchain languages and connect them to clients. So my question is that, is this question that's always asked about coding rules in technical writing. Do you have to code to be a technical writer or you can actually be a technical writer in the tech space in Web3 and still not actually code? So that's my question. Uh of course, you, you, yeah, uh, good question. Thank you. You do not have to be able to code uh, to, to, to be a technical writer, but being able to look at, I mean, <clears throat> so uh, a quick, quick story. Uh, one of our developer advocates, uh, he, uh, uh, on my team, we had this idea to, uh, because GitHub released the AI copilot, right? Uh, one of the ideas was for him to have a look into how it worked with Solidity, with coding Solidity, where whereby the uh, artificial intelligence is filling out the rest of the code for you uh, in the general direction of where you want to move with your Solidity code, which is a crazy, crazy thing because you know it's Solidity immutable smart contract. So, uh, and it's actually fun, fun thing to do. And it's kind of working. So. Does that mean he is coding as a developer, or does that mean the AI is coding for him? So my answer would be based on that: is coding is a pretty pretty strong word, and a lot of again Web two other you know not 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 Web three not people who's been in who've been in Web three for a long time, they for some time they uh, they think that you know you need to be able to code and. Uh, when people say you need to be able to code, you need to be able to run the code. You need to be able to you know. Look into the code, uh, see maybe why it's not working. If it's something simple, like you know, there is a type in a variable or something like that, and it's not difficult. You, you should be able to do that. Once you and it, 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 it's easy to learn, uh, and uh, once you can do that, that's already number one. That's already enough. That's uh, number two. It puts you uh, above the rest of the technical writers uh, quite by immersion. So. That would be my answer. You need to be able to, to not be afraid to, to run a piece of code and just look into, you know, have a general understanding of what's going on there and it's easy. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the question, Destiny. 
Uh, right, next up we have uh, Smith. Uh, please unmute yourself, give a quick introduction, and uh, ask a question. Hello, guys. Uh, I'm Smith. Uh, I do technical diligence at Delta Fund. So I, I am a blockchain developer. I, I write smart contracts. I'm deep into technology. So I wanted to know, like, are there any specific skills that one needs to have uh, in, in order to be a technical writer? Like, I, I have mostly worked with startups wherein we don't maintain uh, hefty or heavy documentation for the projects we build. So any any way how I can improve on that or how I can uh, more like uh, as as like. Uh, as a hobby gig, like writing te technical stuff and technical articles as a hobby, not looking something full time. So, any any suggestions on that? Uh, yeah, I, if you so articles in themselves are probably not uh, the focus or the domain of technical writing. Technical writing is more about producing a finished final. You know, full kind of full-fledged project in the form of a user guide, admin guide. You know that sort of thing that that has many moving parts in there and this composed of many components. So if you approach a project holistically, like from from that perspective, as in you want to to have your project documented, maintained uh, in the form of text, text. Uh, you know, e easy easily updated and you know easily searched through. Then that would be the the focus for you to 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 start. Okay. Hello. Okay. There are massive lags in okay. um, in uh, Twitter. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so yeah, that 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 will be the focus of uh, being able to produce a full full fledged piece of documentation and a guide, no matter how small, uh, uh, composed of different parts and different sections and different uh, all that like a full project. Uh, and if you want to do articles on the side, then you might want to you know do uh, they, they are standalone pieces. They do not. Uh, follow as you know information architecture type of and style guide type of things as much as the uh, holistic projects uh, like user guides for example because there is no there is some structure but there is no real requirement for information architecture in an article so uh, you, you might want you know you might want to look into how to structure things and you might want to if you're producing several articles you might want to look into how the, the best way to cross link them so you don't rewrite the information always and you keep some with some sort of consistency that will be like a part of technical writing but that will be not the, the full experience that you may or may not be looking for uh, uh, so yeah if you want can, yeah. can you suggest me any resources wherein i could go and you know understand the structure on how to structure things to put put it into perspective i suggest you take one of the companies that you think they produce uh, nice documentation, and you Google and uh, you put you put in the in the uh, in the search bar the name of the company and the word style guide, and you you will find you know something like for example I, I would if you like like the way the Google Cloud is documented, look for Google Cloud style guide, 
Uh, if you like DigitalOcean, you look for DigitalOcean style guide. And in general, any big name that has more or less uh, uh, traditional, you know, uh, sort of documentation, you just go into style guide and start consuming what they have, and that will be already a great start. It will move you forward a lot. Got it. Got it. Thank you. That that answers my question. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Something that I myself learned just today: style guide. That the the concept of it, it, it kind of makes sense. Like you know, graphic designers they have a you know um, style guide, but it's oh, yeah. different, like a brand book. Uh, that's that concept. Uh, but uh, I think it definitely makes sense for for content writers and for technical writers to have a very specific right. guide. Is that is that something that uh, being part of the industry for quite some time? Yes, uh, it's absolutely required. I think all the time, always. Yep, we all have internal style guides. Uh, uh, yep. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much, uh, Smith, for the question. There was the, we had some pretty good questions today. I think uh, so. Some interruptions here and there, but uh, I think overall uh, it's pretty pretty good um, good content there. Um, I think uh, how are we doing on energy? Uh, do we want to do another 15, 30 minutes, or can you go indefinitely? <laughs> or <laughs> I, I, up to you. I'm I'm doing fine. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, sure, I think it's, it's uh, in our time zones, it's getting kind of late, but let's no let's give it another maybe like 15, 30 minutes yep. and uh, let's give opportunity to more people to ask questions. Um, in the meantime, I also <laughs> I had a one of, I have a question too. So what I've been always curious about and uh, is let's say you have some feature that gets updated. Uh, <laughs> how do you make sure that it gets updated in the documentation in timely manner? And yeah, sorry, go on. No, yeah, go. That is an awesome question. That is an absolutely awesome question. I almost forgot <laughs> that mm -hmm. this question exists, but that's awesome. Yeah, if you wanted to tell something, go ahead. Yeah, and, and I think like the follow-up to this question is that uh, like one, how does how do you make sure it gets updated? And two, how does it make how do you make sure that it gets updated everywhere in documentation? <laughs> right, right. So <clears throat> super awesome question. I almost forgot it exists. If you go to docs.changetag.com, you'll see, I think, zero, <laughs> zero screenshots. And I'll explain why. So there are two positions. There are two views on this on this issue. Uh, and I personally am kind of strong proponent of the thing that, uh, of the view where you don't need screenshots, pictures uh, in, in, in the documentation. And for this simple reason, well, for the reason of, at least my reason is that you, when you do, unless it's some sort of a chart, uh, right? Uh, you, uh, you're taking a copy of a dynamic, you know, like if it's a software as a service platform, for example, of, of a dynamic user interface kind of thing, and you're putting it in text uh, that you're already explaining, and on top of that, you need to maintain it. I think for me personally, it really doesn't make sense. Uh, but so that, that's my personal view. And you increase uh, user guide and you know text maintainability by not including the pictures and by not doing that. But there is other perfectly valid reason to, to include that as well, which is for some people, because I, I'm text first, I'm very not great visual person, but <clears throat> for some people, when they produce, when they when they navigate themselves in the user guides and in, in the text, they want to 
quickly identify which section they are on by looking at the screenshot, even if it's you know a little bit outdated. So they instead of reading the you know what the text is about, or instead of reading the title, because they are more visual, they want to they have a quick look at the screenshot, and then you know it saves them time, which is also a perfectly per, per, perfect reason for uh, the screenshots to exist to address this sort of audience. Uh, but you, you lose maintainability in that you lose you, you kind of lose other people who are not uh, who are not do not navigate by screenshots. But uh, it all depends on the company, and it all depends you know which way which path you choose to go with your text, and uh, both of them are valid. So yeah. So, uh, where did you suggest me to go on a docschainstay.com? Which page? And I mean. There are no screenshots in there. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think I think uh, either either one of us got a little bit confused. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if we're we're on the same page about the question. I was asking, okay. how do you make sure that the documentation gets updated when a feature when some feature gets uh, updated? I, I, I thought the question was about screenshots. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, okay. So, so, so just just to summarize, then you answer. Uh, you're you're saying like no screenshots in in docs. That's your preference, right? Yes. And there is okay. also yeah reason for other people to include screenshots in, in docs and there are, yeah probably reason for that but yeah um, sorry about that so, but to but, but, but it's a, it's a good answer I think it's something that I I didn't know that it was such a strong yeah, opinions on I, that yeah there is pretty strong <laughs> and that's why I was I was kind of happy to hear that because I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, but it's a hot topic. Yeah. So to to make sure the features and everything is updated, the again two two kind of things in there. Most of the companies, Chainstack included, which is great, uh, is treat documentation, platform documentation, uh, the as part of the product. So uh, you're making sure that the all the buttons, all the interface, all the UI, all the UI copy for a new feature to be released is, you know, works in the product and there is really no difference to in, in the process for the documentation. It's just part of the product. If there is a feature that is working, everything pertaining to this, including the user interface uh, elements and the sections in the in the documentation pertaining to that, they should work as well. So they are part of a regular pro process. Quality assurance, product management, technical writers all work as a team <clears throat> and do that. This one, the other is <clears throat> more open source decentralized approach is, uh, you know, you just, you just own the documentation, you, you, you set yourself like you open issues and you take the issues uh, in some sort of a tracker or in GitHub that you take as docs, that you take as a feature that needs to be that needs to be covered. You kind of maintain uh, all of that yourself, being you know <laughs> a driven individual, to, uh, you know caring about that part of the system. But uh, a good approach is to consider documentation not different from the product itself, but being part of the product, which is you know that then becomes the everybody's responsibility, and the product management is ultimately. Uh, involved in that as well because it's not different from from itself. Okay, cool, cool. Thanks, thanks for the answer. And <laughs> good to know about screenshots as well. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, I think we we have Godwin <clears throat> who uh, is 
been been waiting for us for some time. Uh, could you please unmute yourself? Quick introduction and a question. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, can you hear me first of all? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, so my name is Corinne Alexander. Um, I'm a technical writer and software developer. Um, and, uh, the uh, issue I kind of have with, uh, I've had experience with technical writing for so for like almost a year now. I, I work full time at 90. Uh, so the problem I kind of have is uh, documentation here. Yeah? Um, to an extent, to a large extent, technical writing and documentation looks looks kind of um, a bit apart um, uh, in terms of details and and all that. So uh, <laughs> I've been finding it really difficult to write documentation. I mean, um, I don't really know how to do it. I know this is a web three space, yeah, but um, I was not like probably um, since there's there's a lot of persons who has. Um, uh, way more ideas uh, or experience with uh, technical writing and maybe documentation as a whole. Maybe I should just ask to like help with um, probably a resource that that could actually help me out with uh, um, better understanding of documentation. Probably a well structured um, resource. Uh, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. Okay. So did I get it right that your question is? Uh... How, but so so you you've been doing for one year full time. I didn't get the technical writing or software development. And uh, um, technical right. I've actually been a software engineer for say like four, three, four to five years now. So, but technical writing, I've been doing that for just a year. Yeah, so since last year. And and, and the challenge you have in that is uh, can you can you say that again? Uh, the challenge I have is writing um, documentations, uh, technical documentations. So that's where that's the issue I have. Um, because the job I, I recently got was uh, to be a technical writer, so I, I kind of write blog posts and manage the um, documentation. So although yeah, it's not really, it's not really, it has not really been easy. Quite has been really difficult. <laughs> Even if I get to like make a lot of research to see how best I could write the write some documentations, it's really difficult. So, uh, so what I'm asking for is a recommendation for some resources that that could actually aid me uh, make things um, a bit easier for me. I don't know if you get me. Right, right, right. I uh, understand. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good question. Well, for resources again, uh, I, I, uh, I, I don't I don't have a specific resource, but you can just Google and find some highly rated, you know, maybe on Udemy some, something to to <clears throat> to, to go through. Uh, yeah, they, they are relatively cheap, and that will expose the directions that you need to work on. But that said, uh, I, I think what I noticed in, in in your saying is you're a software developer and you have experience. Uh, and you you know then you can write blog posts, but the the blog post experience and text text writing content experience is uh, <clears throat> very different from technical writer from the technical writing team. And the the challenge that you probably have that you probably not have as a software developer is trying to get your blog you know you you can create content type of experience and put it into the technical writing space. And the, the, the challenge that you, I think you have, I could be wrong, is that it's not really replicatable. It's not really the thing. You, you, you need to treat the technical writing 
more as a structured thing that you do as a software developer. That's a lot closer to it than being uh, than producing blog posts as a technical copywriter. So if you can do a blog post, it's more of a copywriter experience, which is pretty distant from the technical writing experience. The technical writing experience is closer to be producing the code. So you need to uh, like you need to declare variables. You need to do all that stuff uh, in, in the code. In the technical writing, you need to do exact same way. You need to start plotting out your you know the, the documentation structure and then you just uh fill it out and as you fill it out you need to uh, do you know cross-linking cross whatever so you need to like produce glossary and to be always to to to, to make sure you're in the critical parts you're linked to, to the glossary uh you need to <clears throat> be producing sections that, so you can look up if, if you if you don't know uh, the 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 concept of topic based authoring. Look up topic based authoring, and based on that, uh, work your way uh, push push yourself forward. But isn't you need to be producing uh, sections that can work, you know, as as standalone sections, and then you need to integrate these sections to in, into the bigger uh, user guide and make sure one flows from the other, and there is all the cross references, all the cross linking works in there. So it's not, it's less, it's well, at this point, I think would be useful for you is to think of it less as content as a, as text, but more of information architecture and structure. How would you structure that? And once you have this <clears throat> structure, uh, you, you just start, you know, f uh, filling it out with words and uh, being, you know, start producing clean code in there, but but with words, and this way it would work. And it's it, 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 uh, as you can probably see, it's very different from being able to produce a blog post where you don't need the dictionary, you don't need the information architecture, you don't need the the, the sections that you put together as a final product that you can produce independently. That sort of thing. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it helps, but. Uh, that would be my approach based on use what you said if I understood you correctly. Cool. Thanks uh, for the. Thanks for that. Awesome. Th thanks for the question, uh, Garvin. Thanks, uh, Ake, for for the answer. Um, all right. Uh, let's see if we have any more <laughs> any more questions out here. Uh, I, I personally, I think it's been already two two hours. Yeah, I think it's been two hours. So uh, I'm not sure about you. I'm getting kind of kind of kind of yeah, tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's getting late. It's um, getting it's getting late. Uh, yeah, let's let's start wrapping up. Uh, let's start wrapping up. Uh, thanks once again, Ike, um, for all the all the content, all the juice, and thanks everyone, uh, especially for for the good questions. I think today we had quite a lot of. Super good questions. Uh, is there is there anything that uh, I forgot to ask or you would like me to ask you <laughs> that I should Probably ask? Not that, yeah, that, that was, that was, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of stuff we can talk about always, but that was pretty extensive, I think, uh, for this session. And thank you so much. Again, as I said, uh, everybody who, you know, who, who joined the space and who contributed and uh, you for hosting the space, you're moving the industry forward. And I'm really not joking about that. So. It's 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 we all did a positive, very very positive thing today for Web three, and we should be proud. I think. Yeah, uh, I think this is definitely like I've never, and again, I've been in tech for all of my career for more than ten years now, and I've never, you know, been in a conversation that was specifically, you know, about technical writing. And you know, as a developer, I read the docs <laughs> all the time, <laughs> all the time, all my career. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's definitely 
I'm kind of surprised that it's not being talked about as much during conferences. And I think maybe 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 that's like the next step uh, for you as well is to you know go to like you know JSCon for some developer conference and talk about documentation and opportunities uh, in documentation. Uh, might be interesting. But yeah, uh, I'm hoping that maybe we can do another session at some point about uh, you know something adjacent as well, uh, or we can talk maybe again about technical writing. Uh, yeah. yeah. This has, been, this has been awesome. Uh, once again, a reminder for everyone, uh, Chainstack is hiring, uh, especially technical writers. Uh, the link is right in, uh, in the Twitter space. Uh, it's pinned. Uh, if, you're, if you know, you open up your uh, phone or desktop or whatever you're listening and you know, click and check it out. Uh, follow, make sure to follow Ake, uh, Chainstack, and uh, also CryptoJobs and myself. We do share a bunch of different uh, information resources and uh you know we'll try to do these twitter spaces more often uh, and again like as i mentioned today was a bit of an experiment and i think it was quite a success so i feel we should be doing more of these kind of role specific um twitter spaces yeah i think uh, you should yeah that would be super helpful yeah for uh, and i think it's much much yeah. more interesting for people like you know how to become a community manager i think we had an expromptu event about community management uh, but I think we can do another one uh, that is maybe more structured and bring more people who are like super experienced and know what they're talking about. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. And once again, for everyone who maybe joined late, uh, we'll uh, in a few days we'll put this together as a recording um, on our podcast feed, uh, which is called Work in Crypto. And on pretty much any podcasting app, you should be able to find it. Um, but we will also share it on our Twitter, so make sure to follow, and uh, you, you'll, you'll find uh, that <laughs> there. Cool. Any any closing remarks? Any closing thoughts? Uh, that's been awesome. Thank, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks All right. a lot for the platform. Yep. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ike. Uh, thanks so much, everyone, for asking questions. The questions were amazing. Super awesome quality of people today and turnout. All right. I'm going to be closing the space. Uh, another five seconds for everyone to follow <laughs> the speakers and hosts. All right. Take care, guys. Speak to you Bye. soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.